stay up here. Hey, Matt, come on up here. Matt, Matt has been interning with us all summer. He graduated last year from high school. He's going back to college on Saturday, so he won't be here again with us for, for a while. But I just wanted to just honor him and thank him. I, I am so proud of him, uh, all the pastors here at the church. He's done so well. Um, he's worked countless hours, many 60, 70, and probably 80-hour weeks throughout the summer to serve our church, serve our kids, uh, from cutting grass to, uh, to telling people about Jesus. So let's just, uh, let's just give Matt a, a round of applause. Thank him. Thanks, buddy. All right. Uh, I, I was an intern like Matt 10 years ago. Uh, this fall would be 10 years I've been here at the church interning and working. I, I was trying to count. I think my family's been here for about 24 or 25 years. Um, we've been coming here, and, um, and it's been a pleasure to be here the whole time. But uh, I was just thinking when talking with Matt about interning and things like that, that when I was here, we... Uh, and we still do it today. We do an event called, uh, it was called Friday Night Live. Any adults here ever done a Friday Night Live with the youth? Okay, yeah, look at that. There's about 10 or 12. Awesome. Now we call it Follow Palooza. It just kind of changed the name. But uh, what we do is we go all night. It's, it's, it's the high school version of our dinner theater here at church, okay? If I told the kids, hey, let's have a dinner theater, they'd be like, what? What, what do you mean? We're going we're gonna to listen to someone sing and then and act? Um, you know, so uh, what we do is we go all night. Uh, with uh, go to a place to eat, we call a restaurant, we call a bowling alley, we call an ice skating rink. Say, hey, we want to come in after hours and rent the whole place out and bring in hundreds of teenagers, and uh, and they let us do it. Can you believe that? Um, usually, we're invited, we're allowed to come back too. That's the amazing thing I find. But um, you know, the the whole the whole goal of that is to tell people about Jesus, and uh, for these guys and girls to bring their friends that don't come to church, don't know about Jesus Christ, and tell them about how they can have salvation through. Through the one, our one and only Savior, and uh, it always amazes me how these young people are so in tune with what God is doing. And uh, one of my first all-night events, when I did them when I was in high school and, and stuff, I got to experience it like they did. But working w- with it as an intern, I was riding a bus in the middle of the night, and there was this young kid sitting right here. He comes to our church, still does, and, uh, and he leaned back to me, and he was all excited. It's like three in the morning or something. And he goes, "My friend here, I think his friend was sleeping." He goes, "He." He um, raised his hand at the invitation that Pastor Ken gave. And I thought, wow, you know, that is amazing. And uh, what really amazed me, amazes me now as I think back on the story is, that, um, is the next part where he looks back and he goes, that's why I brought him. He's like, I brought this friend of mine so he could hear about Jesus Christ. And he wasn't all caught up in the fun, wasn't all caught up in, in all, the, all the other activities, but he knew what we were about. And uh, he wanted to follow Jesus. And that's what I want to talk about today. If we could uh, turn to Acts 19, verse 23. The, th- the theme of our, uh, of our trip down there was the way. And it was from Acts 19:23 that says, And about that time there arose a great commotion about the way. Verse 24, For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Diana, brought no small profit to the craftsmen. He called them together with the workers of similar occupation and said, Men, you know that we have our prosperity by this trade. 
Moreover, you see and hear that not only at Ephesus, but throughout almost all Asia, this Paul, talking about the Apostle Paul, has persuaded and turned away many people, saying that they are not gods which are made with hands. So not only is this trade of ours in danger of falling into disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana may be despised and her magnificence destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worship. Can we just pray this morning? Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Would you just ask God right now, say, God, would you speak to me this morning as we hear from your word? Would you speak to me this morning, not just to my head, but also my heart? Would you ask the Lord, say, God, I don't want to be informed today. I want to be transformed. God, we thank you that you're here with us and we pray in your son's name. Amen. This story in Acts 19:23 to 27 there, it just tells us a little bit about this group called The Way. It was like the self-ident- there was a self-described name that the Christians in the early church went by, The Way. And on the screen here you see John, I think 14:6. Can we read that together? Jesus said to him, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." And then in 1 Timothy here, 2, 5, and 6 here, let's read this together as well. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. That mediator, pastors taught us it means like the word bridge. There's one, one connector to God, and that is Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. This group was known as The Way. And you see churches sometimes, is no, they have that in their name sometimes around here. And, and what it meant was Jesus Christ, that they are following The Way. And um, in Acts, it's mentioned a few times. And actually, you don't have to turn there, but let me just read to you. In Acts 24, or 22, verse 4, the Apostle Paul talks about how initially he persecuted the followers of The Way. And then eventually Jesus Christ um, changed his life And Paul became a Christian. He became a follower of the way. And later on, he says in Acts 24, 14, because Jesus had changed his life, but I admit that I follow the way. I follow Jesus Christ. That's what I would like to talk to us this morning about, is is not our identification as a Christian, but as followers of Jesus Christ, something that's active, something that's daily, We have to decide, I am going to follow Jesus Christ with my life. You know, one of the first things we have to do in our life is we have to first recognize that Jesus is the way, the only way. You know, we are not trying to be mean-spirited to anyone else out there, but Jesus made it plain and simple. There's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to, to come before God. We do not get to decide how we come before God. God decided, and He sent His Son and made everything possible. And His Son died on the cross and rose again for our sins, our mistakes that have offended God. And that all that call on the name of Jesus Christ, believe in Him, will be saved. And so the first thing that is so important for all of us is to recognize that Jesus is the one and only true way to God. He is the only one that conquered death and paid the price for our sins on the cross. And so this morning... I would urge and, and plead with and hope all of us at some point in our life have recognized that Jesus Christ is the only 
way that we can have a relationship with God. And He is the only way. And um, that is so important. But even, even more than... Or not even more, but... We see Jesus calling uh, us to believe in Him. We see Him... To, he calls us to trust in Him and put our faith in Him. And we're not going to turn there, but if you would look, if you want, in Mark 1 and Matthew 4, there's this other call. And He, he found some fishermen out there fishing. And He says, hey, stop fishing for the fish and come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. There's this call that he invites all of us to. Jesus Christ on a daily basis in our very real sense to come and follow him. And all of us are, are called to that. And that's really what I would like us to think about is what the not not first off do I have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Have I ever acknowledged Jesus Christ as the one and only true way to God? There's no other way. And secondly, am I actively following Jesus Christ? Has He invaded every area of my life? When I think of myself, what do I, what do I think of myself as? Am I a, uh, you know, whatever. We think of ourselves by our country of origin, by our occupation, by our hobbies. We tend to identify ourselves by those things. And I think what God is calling us to be is, number one, be identified that we are followers of Jesus Christ first and foremost, and that that permeates every area of our life. So not only am I following Christ, but is there any areas in our life where maybe we are, we are kind of compartmentalizing our life? And this, this area of our life, is God is really not a part of it. I'm not following Jesus at my workplace, or with my free time, or with my money, or with my energy, um, or my priorities. But Jesus calls us to follow Him. There's a guy, he passed away in, uh, in I believe, 1945. His name is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Has anyone heard of Dietrich Bonhoeffer? Okay, some of you. He was a uh, pastor and theologian. He was uh, of German origin. And he, he, was, he lived during Adolf Hitler's uh, reign in Germany. Uh, and uh, he, uh, he was in America and he decided that God was calling him to go back to Germany when Hitler was in power. And so he went back there. And not only was he training young men to be pastors and, and trying to proclaim Jesus' name there, he was also part of the movement to remove Hitler, knowing of the evil intent that he had and seeing the, the millions that were being killed. Um, and so he stepped up and, and, and moved physically back to Germany um, for that reason. And in 1945, he was hanged. Um, by the Nazis for, for being associated with an assassination attempt that failed. And so, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this in a book called The Cost of Discipleship. When Christ calls a man to follow him, he bids him to come and die. To die to himself and to all the areas of our life and, 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 and to come alive completely in Jesus Christ and to give our life completely to Him and to follow Him from that day forward. Um, those words are written in a psalm that we sing here at our church at Easter time and different times. Uh, oh, the wonderful cross, oh, the wonderful cross, bids me come and die and find that I may truly live. Oh, the wonderful cross, oh, the wonderful cross, all who gather here by grace draw near. And bless your name. Bonhoeffer went on to write in the book there that Jesus' call to follow him is a costly grace call. That's what he termed it as. 
He says it's costly because when Jesus calls us, it's to follow. It's a, it's a movement. We have to pick up and change. Drop what we're doing and follow Christ. What might need dropped in your life and in my life to be better followers of Jesus Christ? What is holding us back from nipping at the heels of Jesus throughout the day? It's also grace because we are following Jesus Christ. We're not following just an ideal, a principle, Christian values. We are following a person that is alive today. And we are following Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so it's costly grace. We are required to move. If you go back to that story with the disciples, they were fishermen. Um, They had to give up fishing, didn't they? They had to move. They had to actually get off the boat and follow Jesus. And every day, follow Him. And if you move on later in the story... There's a time where they're gathered around Jesus and He's just sitting around talking to them. And Jesus is asking them some tough questions. And the disciples, if you remember, just confess and say, where else can we go? Who else but you has these words? Where else are we going to see power like we see when we're with you? Don't you want your life to be like that? Or it's following Jesus everywhere we go, at our workplace, at home, in our neighborhood, with our kids, with our parents, with our loved ones, that we are following Jesus and saying to Him, Jesus, where else could I go? I've experienced Your power and Your presence in my life, and I don't want to go anywhere from You. I want to follow You every day. In uh, Philippians 3, verse uh, 10, we see here uh, Paul writing and, uh, and listen to what he says, that I may know Him, talking about Jesus, in the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death. Paul wants to experience Jesus. He wants to know Jesus. So much so, I mean, Jesus is his hero. Paul's whole life has been changed. He went from killing Christians to being a Christian. From killing Christians to someday dying for being a Christian. His life was drastically changed because he became a true follower of Jesus Christ. And he says here, I have this deep desire. I want to know the power in His resurrection. I want to experience that. And I want to fellowship in His sufferings. And Paul suffered. Um, There's a passage in the Bible that talks about how he was shipwrecked and beaten and, and, and hit and whipped and all these things for being a Christian. Imprisoned. All these things, because he was the follower of Christ. And Paul's the one that wrote, his grace is sufficient. His costly grace is sufficient at all times. Isn't that awesome? Paul's not just writing that as a man who, uh, who doesn't know what he's talking about. So, following Christ, uh, we used this term at Stray Street uh, when we ended this summer. I, I wanted the kids so badly to meet with Jesus throughout the summer and follow him. Even though we take some time off, like Pastor said, on Wednesday nights things are kind of lying low here for a while, and then here in a few weeks it's going to be you know, ramping up. It gives our leaders a break because they've been working so hard in Awana's Jam, Stray Street. We give them a break, and we, uh, we, uh, we pick up here in the fall. But when we ended, we used this line. We said, you know, and based off these passages here in Philippians, it takes a daily decision and desire to choose to be a devoted follower of Jesus Christ. It takes both the decision and desire. Now, when uh, this is like, de- I, I see this, and don't you see desire? Paul wants to know Jesus Christ. He wants to be like Jesus Christ. Aren't we called to be Christ-like? We're called to that, to try and be more and more like Christ. He's our great hero. He's the one we want to be like, the one we idolize. Jesus Christ, the one who conquered death. The one, we want to experience His power. And there's a desire, and 
how many ladies went on the women's retreat? Or you've been on a women's retreat? How many men have been on a men's retreat? It's coming up, men. Aren't you excited? I know I am. Uh, it's coming up. We go to Deep Creek. We're going earlier this year so we can enjoy Deep Creek a little better. Maybe have some boats there and it won't be too cold. That's exciting. But uh, we, uh, we come back from those retreats. And aren't we like fired up for Jesus Christ? You want to like... The desire is there, that right there. We could all say, man, that's me. I come back from that. I'm ready to go. You know, and then come a few weeks later, the desire, you know, it's maybe not there. And that's why it takes a decision. Each day we wake up and say, I am choosing today. I decide to follow Jesus. Every day we have to make that decision. I often tell the kids at Stray Street, if you don't wake up and meet with God in prayer, reading the Word, getting involved in the spiritual disciplines, being involved in church, if you don't get up each day and do those things, I doubt you'll just naturally go to work, go to school, and follow Christ in a passionate way. Because it's not natural. His way, the way that we are supposed to follow Jesus, is not our ways. And His thoughts are not our thoughts, naturally. And so we have to meet with Jesus and decide each day to follow Him. Sometimes a desire is there. And sometimes it's just a decision. It's Olympics time. You guys watching the Olympics? Did Michael Phelps win last night? Does anyone know? Did he win his first gold? Woohoo! Go America! It's exciting, isn't it? You know, he swims like 40, 50 miles a week to train for that? For like 100 meters or 50 meters, whatever it is. He swims like 30, 40, 50, I think it was 50 miles. I can't remember. I read it last week. Um, Do you think he gets up every day with this deep desire to swim miles and miles and miles? No. He does it for a prize, a gold medal. He's probably going to break the record for most gold medals ever and the most in one Olympics, isn't he? If things go as, you know, we, we think they might. But he gets up and he makes a decision. For four years, he swims probably every day because he wants to win the prize. Look what Paul says right here. Just two verses later. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. I am not like Christ. I'm not where I want to be yet. But I press on. There's that decision that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Following Jesus is a desire, but sometimes it's just a pure decision that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no one else to follow. Like the disciples said, where else can we go? And as a church and individuals, can't we say that? Who else am I going to follow? Who else am I going to listen to? Who else has the words and the power as Jesus, our Lord and Savior? And so each day, I just want to challenge us this, this week. You know, what needs to go in our life? What areas are holding you back from following Jesus Christ? And is that the direction that your life is heading in to being more like Christ? Or each day you're getting up and saying, today I will be a follower of Christ. Sometimes we have to do it in the morning and at lunchtime. And in the evening. And that's precedent in the Bible. A lot of godly men, it says in the Old Testament, they met with God throughout the day. And said, God, Jesus, I'm following you today. I'm making a decision. Help me to have a greater desire to know you and to follow you. But in the meantime, I still choose in my workplace, in the direction of my life, I am going to follow you. And sometimes that that means picking up and moving. Sometimes that means radical changes. And sometimes it's little changes. There's a family that used to come to our church and now they're missionaries in Africa, Mozambique, Africa. 
At some point, they decided to cash in their retirement and everything they had, sold all their vehicles, their house, everything, and went to the mission field. Isn't that exciting? I mean, that is so cool. Cash in on the American dream to follow Jesus Christ. It doesn't get any better than that. That guy, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, when he, when he was in his prison and right before he was killed, he, he wrote a poem and he, uh, he was struggling with who he was because he knew himself that he was scared, shaky, tired from being in prison and facing these Nazis and, and dealing with all that involved being in prison there. But, he, but on the outside, people saw a calmness about him. They talked, and, and it's written that, that he was calm, and there was something different in his eyes, in his countenance. And it can be explained as God's power at work in him. But inside, he knew, and he felt kind of hypocritical that he, was, he looked so, you know, maybe calm on the outside, but inside he was scared to death. And he wrote this poem, Who Am I? And isn't it exciting that this guy went back to Germany, and it looks like this great leap of faith, but inside he's scared, shaking, but he follows Jesus anyways. Doesn't that remind you of the disciples a little bit? And, the, and that us, that we don't, we don't have to come to this. We just have to walk by faith. And we may be inside struggling like that, but we're still going to follow Jesus. And at the end of that, this poem, he says this. At the end of the poem, who am I? He says, whoever I am. I haven't figured it out yet. He goes, but whoever I am, thou knowest, O God, I am thine. I'm yours. Can that be said of us? God, I, I am yours. And it is said of us as Christians. We are his. But do we, do we uh, allow him to take ownership of that? Because we are bought at a price. We are not our own anymore. Jesus has purchased us. And so, I just end with this statement that is uh, always spoken to my heart. And let's just think about this. Maybe bow our heads, close our eyes as pastor comes and just... Would you spend a moment with God thinking of this? Will you follow and live your life for the one who gave it all and died for you? Will you live your life for the one that died for you? Amen. Thank you, Josh. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed today, let's, uh, let's look into our heart this morning and see what God has for us from this message that uh, Josh has given to us. You know, it's, all, it's never an accident that you are here in church on any given Sunday. It may seem to be routine to you, but God has something for you. And uh, I sure want you to get everything God has for you today. And so just in the next minute, would you reach up to God with what he's talking to you about and surrender that to him? Maybe the Lord... Uh, is inviting you to be saved. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, this is the day of salvation. You couldn't find a better time to invite Christ into your life. Or maybe you're here and you've been preoccupied with the summer and you've been so busy that you've crowded Christ out. Uh, let's change that, okay? Let's be, as Josh said, passionate in following Christ. Dear Lord, as we uh, sing together our closing song, I pray that you'll move among us. Lord, give us freedom in the church to come and pray at the altar if, if you're moving upon our heart and make it 
spiritual decision today that will help us in our journey with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. Josh is going to lead us. Let's all sing together. And if you'd like to come and pray, please feel free to do that.